the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And yet Daniel and his three friends were courageous and uncompromising as teenagers. Don't forget they're teenagers. They were courageous and uncompromising in the face of that culture. And they stood up to tremendous pressure to conform at great personal risk. And you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are feeling the pressure in our culture to conform. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach on the life of Daniel. Now, Daniel and his friends were courageous teenagers who didn't allow themselves to be corrupted by the culture around them, even if that meant risking their lives. Just like Daniel, you too may face certain times when the culture will try to twist your thinking when you'll be tested to compromise and give in to the worldly pleasures. But take a page from Daniel's book and trust in the Lord. No compromise is ever truly worth it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel, chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Daniel chapter 1. I want to begin our study of Daniel by just giving you some background information and kind of an introduction to the book of Daniel. Uh, You know, we just finished the book of Ezekiel last week, and now as we go into the book of Daniel, uh, if you remember from Ezekiel, Ezekiel was in captivity in Babylon. Daniel also is in captivity in Babylon, as we'll see. Uh, So there is some overlap between the book of Ezekiel and the book of Daniel. And just to give you some context, you may remember from our previous studies, uh, the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar, they invaded and conquered the land of Judah on three separate occasions. The first was in 605 BC. Don't worry, the dates aren't going to be on the test. First was in 605 BC. And they came again in 597 B.C. And finally, in 587, 586 B.C., uh, they laid siege to Jerusalem. And in that final siege is when they destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. With each of those three conquests, the Babylonians carried thousands of Jews back to Babylon as slaves. Daniel was brought to Babylon after the first conquest in 605 B.C. Ezekiel was brought to Babylon after the second conquest. So when Ezekiel shows up in Babylon, Daniel had already been there. 
for roughly eight years, and Daniel had already risen to a position of prominence within the government of Babylon by the time Ezekiel arrived. Uh, there's no actual record of Daniel or, and Ezekiel knowing each other while they were in Babylon, yet they were in Babylon at the same time. Now, Daniel was taken to Babylon as a teenager. It's believed by scholars that Daniel was about 15 years old when he was carried away as a captive to Babylon. I want you to think about that. Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, were teenagers. They were, you know, they were sophomores in high school. When they were snatched from their homes and their families and their homeland and everything they knew and carried 900 miles away to a foreign country and a foreign culture. And yet, as teenagers, they were rooted and grounded in their faith. And as we'll see in the book of Daniel, they were unwilling to compromise on their faith in God. Clearly, their parents or their grandparents or some kind of mentor, somebody poured into Daniel and his three friends, poured into them a love for the Lord God, a love for God's word from a very early age. And that sustained them when they were carried away to Babylon. Daniel lived in Babylon for approximately 70 years. Uh, And as we'll see, God gave Daniel... Uh, positions of influence within different pagan kingdoms that he lived under during his lifetime. We know that Daniel penned the book of Daniel. The Holy Spirit's the author, right? But Daniel penned the book of Daniel. We know this because he speaks in the first person nine times. He says, I, Daniel. So a guy named Daniel wrote this book. If he says, I, Daniel, nine times, More importantly, Jesus attributes this book to the prophet Daniel in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. So Jesus said Daniel is the author of this book. So that should be good enough for us. And Daniel is a really remarkable book of prophecy. It's known as the Apocalypse of the Old Testament. Daniel is to the Old Testament what the book of Revelation is to the New Testament. In fact, I encourage you to uh, begin a study of the book of Revelation. We went through it a couple years ago as a church, and all those messages are online. Start going through the book of Revelation uh, as we're studying the book of Daniel, and study them together. Daniel has so much detail, so much prophecy about world empires and human history. Daniel predicts the first coming of Jesus Christ to the very day. And we'll talk about that when we get to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel talks about the Antichrist who is to come, the tribulation that is to come, the kingdom age that is to come. Daniel is an important book for us to study at this time, I believe, because Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, boldly stood, listen, they boldly stood for God in a culture that opposed their faith and their values. They were thrust into a pagan culture that intentionally tried to coerce them to abandon their convictions, their principles, and their values, and embrace 
the Babylonian culture and the Babylonian values and morals and beliefs and mindset. And yet Daniel and his three friends were courageous and uncompromising as teenagers. Don't forget they're teenagers. They were courageous and uncompromising in the face of that culture. And they stood up to tremendous pressure to conform at great personal risk. And you and I as followers of Jesus Christ are feeling the pressure in our culture to conform to the culture, to bend the knee to the culture. And what the culture says we have to believe and what the culture says we have to say. And if you don't, you're canceled in our culture. Or you're fired. Or you're blocked. Or you're labeled. Or whatever it may be. Our culture is attempting to coerce believers to abandon our convictions and abandon the word of God. And sadly, some churches have already buckled under the pressure and have given in to the culture. Paul says the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth in the culture. But the culture that we live in, just like the culture that Daniel lived in, opposes the truth of God. There's a bill that passed the House of Representatives just last week and now goes to the Senate. President Biden has already said he will sign the bill into law. It's called the Equality Act. You probably have heard of the Equality Act. This bill is the bill that will allow boys to compete in girls' sports and use girls' bathrooms and girls' locker rooms, making it federal law. And that's the main reason it's in the news right now. And just as an aside, I don't know about you, but when I hear this, I think, have we lost our minds? Are we living in bizarro world right now? That this is about potentially to become federal law? But what you may not know about the Equality Act is the Equality Act also has specific language that will force churches and religious organizations to recognize sexual orientation and gender identity, even if it conflicts with the church or religious organization's doctrinal beliefs. In other words, churches are not excluded, as they have been in the past, They're not excluded from the Equality Act, and they are specifically included in the Equality Act. So if the Equality Act passes, churches may have to choose between honoring God and His Word or face criminal liability for discrimination and lawsuits and whatever else may come with that. We live in a world that is turning against our faith. A world that is trying to coerce us to conform. And talking to Christians, I'm surprised that what they don't know is happening. You know, there are churches right now in California that are being fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for meeting just like we're doing right now. There's one church in San Jose, California, they've been fined almost $2 million by the government for just meeting. There's a pastor of that church, he's personally been fined by the government like $50,000 just for having church. There's several churches like that in California. There's a church in Maine that has a residential drug treatment program. The state of Maine has said that uh, residential drug treatment programs are essential 
And there's no limitations placed on residential drug treatment programs. They said that at the beginning of the pandemic and at the beginning of the shutdown. But now they've come back to this church and they've said, because you teach the Bible there, you are now a religious meeting. And there are limitations on the religious meetings. And you're no longer a residential drug treatment program. They've told the church, you can either stop teaching the Bible as part of your drug treatment program, or you have to discontinue your drug treatment program. This is the culture that we now live in. This is just a few examples. There's a lot more. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. The culture is trying to coerce us now to conform, and as Christians, really for the first time that I can remember, we're faced with choices of, am I going to obey God or am I going to obey man? Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. And so we have to navigate this culture as followers of Jesus Christ. You have to navigate this culture at work or at school. And there's a lot of pressure to cave to the culture and to conform to the culture. And that's what Daniel and his three friends faced in Babylon. Pressure to conform. Pressure to assimilate. So, let's look at verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah... Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Again, this would be the first of the three occasions when Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem. But look at verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, some of the furniture in the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, that's Babylon, to the house of his God, And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Now, verse 2 of your note taker, verse 2 tells us the theme of the book of Daniel. The theme of Daniel is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Nebuchadnezzar did not conquer Jerusalem because Nebuchadnezzar is so powerful or because Jehoiakim is so weak of a leader. God gave Jehoiakim into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Nebuchadnezzar was just a pawn on God's chessboard. God was in control, and God was moving the pieces according to his will. In fact, if you're taking notes, the word Lord in verse 2, when it says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, that word Lord there, it's not the Hebrew word for Yahweh, as you might think it is. In fact, Yahweh, the name Yahweh for God only appears in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel. Every time you see the word Lord, other than chapter 9, it is the Hebrew word Adonai. Adonai, 
which means the supreme master or the supreme ruler. And it's used 12 times in the book of Daniel. The significance of using Adonai here and throughout the book of Daniel is to say that God is the master. God is supremely in control of the situation, even though it may not look like it right now. Even though Nebuchadnezzar has just come into the city of Jerusalem and conquered it, and it doesn't look like God is in control. God is Adonai. God is in control, even when it doesn't appear that he is to us. And may that be a comfort to us to know that God is sovereign and he's supremely in control, even if it doesn't seem like it. Things are going according to God's sovereign will. Now, why would God give Judah into the hands of the Babylonians? Well, there's two reasons primarily. The first one is to chasten them, to chasten them. The nation of Judah, they turned their back on God and they abandoned God's commands. God warned the children of Israel before he brought them into the promised land. Way back in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he said to Israel that if they walk in his ways and obey his word, then God would bless the nation. But if Israel abandoned God and abandoned God's ways, then he would remove them from the land he was giving them, which he did. They turned their backs on God. They abandoned God. They abandoned his word and he removed them from the land just as he warned them that he would do, which is a reminder to us that God judges nations morally. God's standard for judging a nation is what does that nation do with God? Do they obey God? Do they obey his word or do they not? So this in part is a punishment for forsaking God. And God, you know, as we've seen in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, God warned them for many, many years that this would come if they didn't, Repent. He always extended repentance to them and the opportunity to repent and turn to him. But they refused to do it for decades and decades and decades. And finally, the judgment came. So it's it's a punishment for forsaking God. It's also a setup. It's a setup. And what do I mean? Well, it's a setup because this will put Daniel in a position of influence with five different pagan kings. Over his lifetime. There's really no other way God could get a guy on the inside. Like he did with Daniel. Other than getting Daniel into Babylon. And giving him the favor that he gave him. And so it's a setup also. To get his man on the inside. To infiltrate these pagan kingdoms that will rule the world. And be an influence for God. So that brings us to verse 3. And then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, so members of the royal family and the ruling class of, of Judah, young men in whom there was no blemish, no physical flaw, but good-looking I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but in the Bible, God always likes to choose good-looking men and put them in ministry. So, <laughs> Amen is right. And I don't even think that was my wife saying that. So physically good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, quick learners, who had ability to serve 
in the king's palace. So they can't be a big buffoon, right? They're going to be in the king's palace serving. So they've got to have, you know, poise and etiquette and that kind of thing. And whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah who were selected for this were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So our attention is drawn to four young men in particular. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Isn't it interesting that we tend to know their Babylonian names and not their Hebrew names? But here we see the tactics of the Babylonians to assimilate people into Babylonian culture. When the Babylonians conquered a nation, this is what they would do. You know, uh, the Assyrians who conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, the Assyrians were brutal, right? They would come in and they would like randomly mutilate people and cut off ears and noses and hands. They would skin people alive and use their skin as decoration in their homes Uh, The Assyrians would put a hook in your nose and tie your hook to the hook of another person and they would string their slaves together with a hook in the nose or either a hook in the nose or the mouth. And that's how they would transport people back to Assyria. There's records of when the Assyrians laid siege to a city, sometimes people would just commit suicide rather than to fall into the hands of the Assyrians. That's what the Assyrians did. This is the Babylonians. The Babylonians had a very different tactic to assimilate people. When they would conquer a nation, they would bring the conquered people back to the city of Babylon. And they would use the splendor and beauty and opulence of the city of Babylon to persuade people to assimilate into their culture. Let me just tell you a little bit about the city of Babylon. It was a spectacular city. It was the largest city in the ancient world. So we know these people from Judah, they've never seen anything like this city. It's the largest city in the ancient world. It covered more than 200 square miles. That's three times larger than Washington, D.C. These people are from Judah. The largest city they had seen was Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem at this time was, listen, it was less than half a square mile. Babylon, 200 square miles. They've never seen anything like this city. The city was surrounded by a wall that was 60 miles long. It was over 320 feet high, more than 30 stories tall. The wall around the city was 80 feet wide. They would hold chariot races on the top of the city wall. How cool is that? Amazing. The city wall had 220 towers, 100 gates made of brass. The Babylonians diverted the Euphrates River that flowed So that it would flow both around the city, forming like a moat, but also they diverted part of the Euphrates to flow through the middle of the city. So there was like this meandering river through the city. In the center of the city of Babylon, there is this terraced structure called a ziggurat, which is kind of like a pyramid. It was over 400 feet tall. And on each of the terraces, it had hanging gardens. Maybe you've heard of the hanging gardens of Babylon. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient 
world. It had broad streets and markets with goods from all over the world. The city of Babylon was awe-inspiring. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Daniel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we could be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. It can be so helpful to others to know about and to be in prayer for the things on your heart. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Daniel. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.